If you watched the Super Bowl last night, you not only saw the Chiefs win and Taylor Swift jump up and down, but you also saw the He Gets Us ad campaign, which featured a number of looks like AI portraits of one person washing the feet of another person. And in nearly every single case, the other person receiving the foot washing is what you would call a member of the, in America speak, the persecuted community, the community associated with wokeism, et cetera. And I posted a tweet about it as soon as I saw it. It went totally viral. I had like 3 billion views on the tweet and everyone was talking about it in Christianity. Most people in a negative way. I'm going to show you the ad in case you didn't see it and we'll do a little commentary I have it queued up here. I am going to turn off the sound for the sake of, uh, I don't know if it's licensed or not or whatever, but here it is. Okay, here's the first one. They lit up with this. There's a, a young man, and then there's an old man, and the young man is washing the old man's feet. Uh, not sure what this one is supposed to represent, but here we go. So that's the lead off. And then we get this one here. So this is the policeman with an African-American guy in a alley. And you can see down the alley that there is a cop car with the sirens lights on. So something's going on here. But the, the cop, you know, he just stops. You're under arrest. But first, I'm going to wash your feet because that's what Jesus did is the message, I guess. I am going to go and read the passage in John chapter 13 when Jesus washes feet and explain theologically. Washing the feet in John's gospel is a call to discipleship and apostleship. It's not, it's, it's behind closed doors. It's in the upper room. It's with the 12. Washing feet is not something Jesus did as part of his public ministry or part of his public love uh, for the general population. And we're going to get into that because the, the He Gets His campaign totally misses that. All right, so we're going to keep going. Here's the, I'm going to arrest you, but first I'm going to show you the love and, and wash your feet. This one is kind of interesting. This is, uh, and by the way, there's sort of a, the music in the background is, uh, it's from NXS. The singer is uh, Michael, I wrote it down here. Oh, boy. Michael Hutchins, that's right, of NXS. And I remember I was at a U2 concert in 1997, and Michael Hutchins of, of NXS committed suicide. And uh, U2 or Bono did some tribute to Michael Hutchins. I remember that. That's the music playing in the background, but I have it muted here. This one is sort of like the cool, popular T-Swift girl washing the feet of the alternative girl wearing the Doc Martens and the plaid tights. All right, so she's doing that right. You know, she's just like, you know what? The Lord loves you. Let's just break down right here in front of the trophy case for all the cool kids and wash your feet right here on the ground in the hallway. All right, let's move on to the next one. All right, this is the old boomer dude with the old... I guess you call them Boomer Native American. They had a little campfire in the background, 
and there's a truck in the background, somebody left the lights on the truck. That's You don't want to run your battery down when you're in the middle of nowhere, like the Grand Canyon right here. And he's washing the Native American's foot. Let's go to the next one. This is, this is one of the two that really blew people's mind, like complete crazy. And we're going to talk about whether that's justified or not. But here we have a woman. I don't know if it's the mother, but she is washing the feet of presumably a younger teenage or college girl, presumably who's pregnant. They're outside the family planning clinic. Clearly, this is what? Planned Parenthood, right? Clinic. There's some people over the to the side over there, and they're holding up Save the Unborn. These are the pro-lifers that are protesting, uh, and they're just kind of off to the side with their signs down, chit-chatting, but there's this one person who really loves the the girl going to the family planning clinic and she's washing the feet. So it's kind of a, I don't know if this is supposed to be a woman who works at the clinic or she's part of that group and she left it, but this is really in your face, like family planning clinic. All right, let's go to the next one. This one's especially sad here. There's an older woman. She's in her kitchen. It's trashed. There's food and plates everywhere. And on the right side of the screen is just a lot of empty alcohol bottles. There's a Johnny Black up on the cutting block, a bunch of bottles. And she's a wreck. And this is a younger woman, maybe her granddaughter. She's there to wash the feet of the woman struggling in her alcohol addiction. The next one. This one's wild to me. Okay. So this one, you know, we got the evil oil man. You know, he's got all of these oil rigs. And then there's this Asian girl and she has put down her sign. It's on the far right of the screen. It's right here. Clean air now. You know, she's like the Greta. She's like, we got to stop. I don't know how she got there. But she, she's somehow in the middle of an oil field. She's protesting clean air now. And he says, you know what? I'm just going to wash your feet for that. Next one. All right, here we have the immigrant. So the bus has arrived. We have the woman who has a baby. She has traveled from the south. She got off the bus. She's in an affluent neighborhood and this woman, affluent woman, comes and she washes her feet right here in the street in front of the bus. I think the bus driver is like, hey, we got to get going, lady. And she's like, hold on, I got to wash the feet right quick. And then here is on the left, a Muslim couple. On the right, I guess, a Christian couple. And the Muslim couple lives next door. And she's like, hey you're Muslim, let me wash your feet. And then her husband, he's sitting over here on the side. He's like, what are you doing, honey? And she's like, Jesus washed feet and I'm gonna wash her feet because she's Muslim. And so the dad stands by and watches this happen here. Next one. This one is, I, this is like a Trump rally. People are like, shut him up, let him speak. And they're all yelling at each other, 
right? Highly charged. And then this one uh, young black lady's like, stop. I'm going to wash this Latina's feet right now. And so everyone keeps yelling and they're mad. And then she's like, I'm washing your feet. This one, I think it's like, no one's washing anyone's feet. Let's just each, there's the old black guy and the old white guy and they got the dog and they're like, you know what? Washing feet is, is maybe too much. Let's just kind of do a, a pedicure foot soak together. And I'll, and the black guy's like, I'm going to rest my hand on your arm. And then the white guy's like, this moonshine is good. And then this is the one that went kaboom all over the internet. This was really the one that got people provoked. You've got, you know, you can't see his roller skates. I'm going to have to bring the roller skates in here. Hold on. No, darn it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, I'm going to move myself. Okay, over here is the roller skates. All right, so this guy is is clearly, I mean... I don't want to make too many assumptions, but I'm thinking this is a trans person because it looks like a man, but has shaved legs and kind of dressed and holding the legs like a female. And then you got a Catholic priest, and he's like, pop off those, those not roller blades, roller skates. I'm going to wash your feet with this Evian bottle with the beach in the background for a moment, and it's captured. And that is it. That's the last image. And when this image hit, it was like, and like really powerful. And it was, Jesus didn't teach hate. And so the message of this commercial is not, you should be a Christian. You should be baptized. You should repent of your sins. You should come back to church on Sunday. You should follow the teachings of Jesus and the Beatitudes. It is the woke agenda of if you disagree with lifestyles or policies, public policies, you are a hater. And what you should be doing instead of saying, I'm against illegal immigration or I'm against uh, enforced transgenderism ideology and all that, what you should do is take a knee, open up your Stanley cup full of water or your Yeti, your Evian bottle and say, sir, or you don't want to assume the gender person. Can I wash your feet? And that's the message. I think it is pernicious. I think that it is misguided. I think that it is borderline heretical. I think this was a huge slap in the face of Christians. And I'll tell you why. Because if you read, go main screen here, if you read the Bible, not woke literature, but if you read the Bible, you'll see that the interaction of Jesus Christ with sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, Pharisees, scribes, adulterers, Samaritans, is loving but also firm, go and sin no more. Follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. Christianity is not just about being nice. 
Christianity is not just being safe. It's not just not hating. Otherwise, Jesus would have just come to to earth, done a global tour of washing people's feet, doing hugs, hugs, not drugs, selfies, and then floated back to heaven and is like, that's what I want for you guys. Do it. He did come. He spent a very short time teaching us, three and a half years, the Gospels say, half of a seven. And then at the end of that ministry, he went into a very intense time of struggling, of persecution, of pain, his passion, and then his crucifixion. And he died on the cross in a public and gruesome and humiliating way. He was buried and he rose on the third day for our justification, says St. Paul in Romans. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father to be our high priest. This is the gospel. Everything he taught, everything he did, all his miracles, and the washing of the feet happened just hours before he was arrested and then brought into the passion and the crucifixion. All of that is laser-focused on the death of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm a Catholic. The only reason to go to church on Sunday is not because they have Starbucks or good food, not because they have fellowship, not because they have a smoke machine or a good band or good music or good choir or great sermons. The essential reason for going to church on Sunday is to witness the once for all eternal sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary to the Father. That's the essential. Yes, sermons are important. Yes, fellowship is important. And yes, music is important. All of those things are very important for the past 2,000 years in the Catholic Church. But the essence of our faith and the essence of our Sunday is the oblation, the transubstantiation of bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and then that body and blood offered to God the Father. It's a once and for all sacrifice. That's why you go to church, to witness that reality, and that's why we're Christian. And the, in the, this, the He Gets Us campaign is not that. He Gets Us campaign is do not hate people, by which they mean do not disagree with them, and instead wash their feet. If there's a trans person who's saying you have to use these pronouns, if you don't go along, you're a hater. What you should do is get down on your knees, wash their feet and kiss their feet. Is that what Jesus taught? I'm going to go to your comments and your questions in just a moment. Before I do, I'm going to break open the Bible here to John chapter 13. And I'm going to begin at verse 4, and I'm going to read just a few verses here to give you the context for what is the purpose of Jesus washing feet. It's not what you saw in the Super Bowl ad. While I read this, I think it'd be good. I'll go ahead and I'll play the the ad so that y'all can just keep experiencing it. And then um, we'll go into it. So here we go. All right, y'all can see the ad? Good. All right, here is the gospel the Holy Gospel of our Lord according to St. John, chapter 13, beginning at verse 4. <clears throat> he riseth from supper and layeth aside his garments, and having taken a towel, girded himself. After that, he putteth water in a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, and to wipe them with a white towel wherewith he was girded. 
He cometh therefore to Simon Peter. And Peter saith to him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou shalt not have no part with me. Simon Peter saith to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Oh, sorry, I, I doubled up here. He said, If I wash thee not, thou shalt have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my head, my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not but to wash his feet, but is clean holy, and you are clean, but not all. For he knew who, he, who it was to betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. Then after he had washed their feet and taken his garments, being set down again, he said to them, Know you what I've done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, being your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that as I have done to you, so you do also. The gospel of the Lord. What's going on here? Jesus is instituting the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass. As I just said a few minutes ago, the only essential part of going to church is to witness the Mass, the Eucharistic sacrifice. That's what's going on in this context. Then he says, I need to wash your feet. And there's this interesting debate between Jesus Christ and Peter. Peter's saying, you're the master, you're God, you're the son of God. Well, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. I should be washing your feet. It's kind of like when Jesus went to be baptized by John the Baptist, and he says, no, I, you should be baptizing me, not you, right? Christ is humbling himself. But Christ says something very interesting. He says that he who is clean only needs his feet washed. He says, you are clean, but not all. And he referred here to Judas Iscariot. Christ is saying that washing someone's feet is an indication that they've already cleansed their whole body. In other words, we have an analogy here of baptism. And after we're baptized, because we're still here on earth, we still have the concupiscence, our feet still touch the earth, which is cursed after Adam and Eve. And we still have the temptations we still are earthly, and therefore we need daily, sometimes more than daily, acts of repentance and of turning back to the Lord. Even though in our mind, our head, our heart, our hands, we are serving the Lord, we are committed as a disciple, still Jesus humbles himself. He condescends and he says, I'm going to continue to keep your feet clean. There's a renewal here, not a total rebaptism. That's against the faith. But there is a perpetual cleaning here in the context of the Last Supper that your feet may be cleaned. And in the tradition of the church for 2,000 years, every Maundy Thursday, that's the Thursday before Good Friday or the Thursday before Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, the Pope and the bishops and the priests would wash the feet of, of not men and women, lay people like it is nowadays. That's a corruption. The old way, for example, is that the Pope would wash the feet of other poor priests. It's a sign of discipleship in the context of ordaining the apostles 
to be the apostles, the bishops, the presbyters, the priests of the new covenant. Do this in memory of me. That's the real theology. That is what he gets us campaign 100% missed. They threw an interception. They whiffed, they struck out. I'm going to now go to comments and questions. I want to hear from y'all. What did you think of the He Gets Us commercial campaign? Do you think it was helpful? Do you think it'll bring people to Jesus Christ? Or do you think it will breed um, laxity? People just stay where they are. They're like, oh, he gets us. He gets us. Cool. I also posted some images of like Sodom and Gomorrah with the fire raining down. Let me see if I can share one of those. And I'm like, he gets us. He gets us either to heaven or hell. But that depends on our free will. Whether we correspond to the graces he gives us. Carl Thomas says it's a symbol of servitude. It is. And even Christ lowered himself to that sign of servitude. But I think it's worth noting that these 12 men, even though Judas was lying and was a hypocrite and two-faced, these 12 men had been with him, chosen by him, called to be disciples, called to be apostles. And in that context, Christ washed their feet. Christ didn't, like I said, he didn't go out into the public square, out in the temple and say, everybody line up, I'm washing feet. Never happened. Mary S. says, please talk about those mega churches in Texas. I guess, I mean, I could, but I'm more interested in my own backyard. I'm a Catholic. PDK says, no, this was a bad commercial. It will be thrown in our faces and say that we are not being charitable to the people. Exactly. I think it's a setup. Like, oh, you don't like the commercial? You're a Pharisee. You're a scribe. You're bad. K says, I think it was put there by the D, meaning the devil. I think it was evil. Yeah, I think it was a slap in our face. And CG says, tired of being called the hater. Exactly. I don't hate you because I disagree with you. You know, if you said, I think Moose Tracks ice cream is the best, and I, I don't think it is. Why do you hate me? No, that's not how adults talk. If you say, I believe three men can all be married to each other because love is love, I would, I'm just going to say, I strongly disagree with you. Why do you hate us? Why do you hate these three men? No, that's not adult conversation. That's called manipulation. It's called passive aggressive. Michael says, we can't offend people crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marianne says, political propaganda to use Christianity to promote cultural Marxism. Marianne, boom. Shakalaka. 100% agree with you. This is cultural Marxism with a veneer of Christianity. And I was, I was honestly shocked because... I asked the question, who is promoting He Gets Us? And there's a lot, I guess, donors, but the chief donors was the Hobby Lobby people. If I, I, I might have that incorrect, but that's what I was seeing people on Twitter were saying. They were saying uh, that the Hobby Lobby, and I always, I remember when the Obama 
care thing happened and all that, and they were pushing contraception and all these things. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong, but Hobby Lobby was on the right side of things. And maybe there are wealthy people at Hobby Lobby who want to do true evangelism. And then someone in the He Gets Us organization came up with this campaign and the people who paid for it, maybe they didn't realize the theological problems with it and the way it was being used to shove things into people's face and to make them culpable for hate when they aren't culpable for hate. Uh, Renee X says, the message was clear, support the diabolical Democrat agenda or you're a right-wing Trump-loving extremist who is a hater. Hate. That, and by the way, if you're like, well, I think it was good. It showed like God loves trans people and God loves alcoholics and God loves alternatines and, and God loves African-Americans and Asians and all that. Well, that's good. I mean, there's lots of great ways to show that God loves everyone. Right on, that's great. But the message at the very end is Jesus did not teach hate. The implication is here, if you're upset by any of this, you're a hater and Jesus is not on your team. You stuck up Christians. GC says, could it be a way of justifying sin? And that is okay. The who am I to judge? Exactly. That's exactly GC. I agree with you right there. And we got to remember that God hates sin. God hates sin. It's perfectly fine to say that. God hates sin. If someone is doing something sinful, be me, anyone, mortally or venial sin, you can say God hates that you're doing that. And it's not wrong. You know, Why are you hating me? Didn't you see he gets us? He gets us, okay? He doesn't hate what I'm doing. He gets us. Here's my buddy John Wick. With the Super Bowl broadcast, a pro-Christian message, he gets us with subversive to skew good and evil. Next up, Swifty's friend flashing satanic symbols uncensored on a national broadcast. Yeah, I saw that too. So you see this image of Taylor Swift. She's chugging down, could be a Coke, maybe it's a beer. Slams it, slams it down. And in the back is this person who has orange hair and her name is Ice Spice, I believe. And she, I'm not going to do it, but she's doing these kind of satanic looking hand gestures. Maybe she's doing something different, but to me it looks weird. And then she has this like necklace with what looks like from a distance, it looks like a cross, maybe upside down, and she holds it up. And I don't know, the whole thing's kind of creepy, looks like witchcraft. And I told my wife, I was like, you know, this whole thing is like a simulation. You know, we're watching, you know, we're watching this on the screen and we're being forced to see Taylor Swift over and over and it goes in the game goes into overtime and all, all the ads are like basically for like medicine pharmaceuticals and like bad 
ultra processed food and fast food and like is there anything besides Harrison Butker on the screen that's wholesome and good going on right now? By the way, good job, Harrison. Great kicking. I think Harrison scored like what? 12 points. Besides Harrison Butker, was there anything good going on there? Or is it all just a matrix? Is it all just a psyop? Take a couple more questions before I bounce out. Everybody's talking about Taylor Swift in the comments and in the questions. It's revolting. It's a psyop. It's true evil. It's a signal of all time. Ice Spice is a lost child who lost her soul to the devil, are the comments saying. They shoved this down our throats. Um, wasn't it old tradition for Catholic England for the monarch to wash the feet of 12 beggars on Monday, Thursday? Uh, I think it happened on Monday, Thursday, and perhaps other times as well that monarchs would in fact do that. That's correct. But it was never a, and they would also feed them a meal, but it was never a, um, a, a liturgical act. The only liturgical act is called um, the mandatum, and it happens on Monday, Thursday. This is the Bergoglio agenda. Uh, remember, he bailed out Oral Roberts University, $7 million debt. Um, how could we do the commercial in a Catholic way, Rachel asked. I think that's a great question. Let's spend some time on that. Let's camp, camp out on that. How could we make this Catholic? I think the, the presentation of Christ has called alcoholics, uh, trans, homosexuals, all kinds. I mean, throw in um, a CEO in there, throw in a banker, throw in all kinds of uh, races. I think all that is legitimate. I think the two, the biggest problem is the only verbiage and the only text, which is he gets us and Jesus did not teach hate. Right? Those, those messages right there, almost anything you throw up on the screen is, is going to be bad it's going to be false because the those messages are are inverted to do a catholic version i i think it'd be cool okay here's how i think a, a good one would be you're you see maybe some of the same groups that you see on the screen here and then you see like a nun in harlem or you see like a franciscan friar and he's like in the slums of atlanta georgia or in chicago or you know, maybe somewhere in Asia, you know, Malaysia, something like that. And they're, they're talking to people and, and inviting them, right? And then in the next scene, you see baptisms. You see people maybe going into the confessional. You see their countenance change. You know, maybe they look like an addict or, you know, they're dressed like a prostitute. But in, later on in the scene, you, you see them in there, they have joy in their face, right? They have redemption, right? And then maybe it ends with um, maybe in the very beginning, if there was like a prostitute, she comes forward and she very devoutly receives Holy Communion. And then at the end, Jesus calls you or Jesus calls everyone. And then just like maybe an image of Christ on the cross. Huh? Would that be legit? I think that's the Catholic way to run that campaign. 
Maybe we should raise some money and run that campaign, right? A call to repentance, a call to discipleship that reveals a true transformation with true joy. You know, you see orphans in a school, a prostitute plugged into the local parish, an addict getting help, right? Or maybe a couple. The Mormons are great at this. Like your marriage is on the rock, become a Mormon and it'll fix it. A couple fighting and screaming at each other and the kids are in the background crying and they're screaming in the kitchen and all that. And then later in the in the video, you see them and you know maybe they're standing in line to go to confession, right? Or you see them hugging and bringing in the kids or I don't know, holding hands, going into church. Like, let's see some fruit of faith, hope, and charity in people's life. That's what Jesus came, not just to teach a message, but to die on the cross and rise again for newness of life. Newness of life. If you agree, like the video. Give it the thumbs up right now. Two days from now is Lent. Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday. And I want to invite all of you to a webinar that I am hosting. It's free. I'm going to give you a game plan from the history of the church, not something that I cooked up like, hey, this is Taylor Marshall's Lent. I'm going to go into the early church fathers, the medieval era, Thomas Aquinas. We're going to talk about what is Lent, why we do Lent, why is it okay to eat fish but not eat meat? What were the historic practices of fasting, et cetera? And we're going to add that link to the comments. I'm going to see if we have a, co a moderator right now who can help us with that link. But we're going to I'm going to get we're going to give you a game plan. All right, we're going to show you how it's done, and of course. It always gets difficult when I, I'm on a live show. Here's the link. I'm going to drop it into the live. And I want you to join me. It's Tuesday night. We're going to get encouraged. We're going to... There it is. It's in the live chat. If we could add that to the notes, I'd appreciate it. You know, you always hear, I'm going to give up chocolate. You know, I'm going to give up sweets. I'm going to give up ice cream for Lent. Okay, that's good. But you need to add stuff and you need to add like real stuff. Like I'm going to read, I'm going to give you a game plan to read Matthew and Mark. If you take the chapters of Matthew and Mark combined together, it fits perfectly into Lent. So I'm going to explain to you how that works. The 33-day consecration to Jesus through Mary. You can fit that into Lent. You can bring fasting. You can do penance for the conversion of your parents, your spouse, your children. There are so many things that if you know what to do, and you're properly equipped, you can make Lent the most powerful season of the year. And that's what I want to help everyone do. So we're doing a webinar. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Here's the link. It's kind of long. Event.webinar.com channel Lent fasting. I'm going to put it back in. And I'm going to really challenge you. Right? We're going to really go into what happened in Lent. Like what did your great-great-grandparents do during Lent? And... Can we do something like that, right? Can we really take it to the next level? All right.
We're not going to talk about anything crazy like living in caves or whipping yourselves or anything like that. We're just going to talk about what your average everyday Catholic grandma did in 1200. And we're going to encourage one another and we're going to get psyched up so that when you look back on your life, you're going to say Lent in 2024 was the moment in which I was going like this and I really started going like that. That's what Christ wants for us. And, you know, this whole talk today about he gets us, what's missing in it is the discipleship. Jesus doesn't just want to bless our sin or pat us on the head or approve our lifestyle. He wants to transform you from coal into a diamond. That takes some pressure. That's why he says, take up your cross and follow me. If you're going to be in his family, in his orbit, in his church, there is the carrying of the cross. And we often put the cross down. Lent, the 46 days before Easter, we're also going to talk about whether the Sundays in Lent are cheat days or not. I think you'll be surprised by the answer. Sign up for the webinar to find out. Sometimes we put the cross down and those 46 days in Lent are the opportunity to say, hold up, hold up. We got to start picking up crosses again. We got to get serious. We got to become disciples of Jesus Christ. Let's do it. Let's go. So click on the link. I'm going to put it in the live chat here one more time. There it is. Sign up. Reserve your spot. It's a live webinar and I'll be giving a lot of free stuff to you. So you won't want to miss it. All right, we're going to pray the Hail Mary together. Oremus. Pray that everyone in our culture, everyone watching these Super Bowl ads, will truly turn to Jesus Christ. The cultivation of civilization is proportionate to those who are truly converted to Jesus Christ, who are disciples. That is, that is the proportion to whether or not we have civilization. Oremus. Nomine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc editor mortis nostre. Amen. Lord, we pray for all those who are isolated, depressed, sad, suicidal, lost. We ask that you would seek them out, that you would draw them to yourself and incorporate them in the life of grace and in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church and that you would vivify their souls with the sacraments and gifts that you've given. We pray in your name. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching, everyone. Also, if you'd like to take online courses with me and get deep, for example, go into St. Luke's Gospel like we did today and go through all the books of the Bible, you can go over to New St. Thomas Institute, nsti.com. There's 10 courses I offer there, and you can right now get all 10 courses if you sign up as a premium or basic member student. So go to nsti.com. I got courses on the Latin Mass, philosophy, Old Testament, New Testament, Catholic apologetics. It's all there. Go to nsti.com. And if you want to support my work, you can go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall, and I'll send you signed books. I'll give you a rosary. There's different Patreon levels in there. So go in there, check out Patreon, and... Um, you'll be hearing from me. You'll get something in the mail. And I appreciate everyone who is a Patreon patron right now. Thank you so much for making this podcast.
possible. And until next time, remember, I'm going to say something extra today. Remember that God made you. He made you special. He made you unique. He made you for a specific purpose and plan in this world that we live in right now. He has a very specific purpose and plan for you. If you're alive right now, that purpose and plan is still on the table. Don't give up. Pray to him, discern his will, and live this adventure that he has for you. I don't know what it is. Everyone has their own. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ says, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe and hit the bell. Appreciate all of y'all. God bless and Godspeed.